Welcome podcast Peldroid episode 125. Uh, my name is Russell. His name is Leon. How are you, sir? Yeah, not too bad, Russ. How are you? Okay, okay. And um, we have the very great pleasure returning for a first cap in a while. Actually, is uh, Hugh Davis. How are you, sir? Hello, I'm okay, thank you. I'm just hoping the microphone's working now. You're sounding very velvety, so oh, I think I think I, that I, suggests I it's. <laughs> I think that suggests it's working perfectly. So we'll be taking love song requests in a little bit. But we'll be talking football before that, um, primarily the Belarus-Belgium games. And it's fairly simple maths now, isn't it? We've just got to get one more point than Czechs, assuming that they dispatch Estonia at home on the second of the games of this of this upcoming window. What are we thinking? Points off Belarus and then give Belgium a good tonking, yeah? Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, exactly. See if we can nick something against the Belarusians. <laughs> And then the uh, usual whipping boys against Belgium, if you ignore the last game. <laughs> yeah. Lukaku is missing for Belgium, which is a bit of a relief, mm. but um, they're still obviously the big guns. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a bit. How are you doing anyway, Hugh? How is your football season going? Because it's been a while since we've, we last spoke. Well, um, my football season, I've uh, played five or side or six aside a couple of times for the first time in years and years. And I'm just tragically unfit to the point of it's not kind of oh, I'm a bit out of shape afterwards. It's when after five minutes you realize I can't track back. I want to track back, but I'll fall over. <laughs> so I have the choice here of being unpopular and leaving my man and feeling terrible about it or literally dying on the pitch. And I mean, I've just turned 35 and I've generally been pretty fit so it's kind of pathetic really (laughs) everyone else playing is older than me and every one of them is fitter than me in um including gaz who of course of the podcast who i played against the other week yeah 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 well he manages to squeeze in sometimes three games a week certainly at least two is a regular thing yeah yeah. does he have children he has three oh what's his excuse (laughs) (laughs) including two twins that's how twins work, I think. I don't know, I always get the impression that twins are just harder, but I, maybe they maybe they aren't at this age. Maybe they start to look, keep themselves occupied, I don't know. But yeah, no, Gaz does very well. And um, and over the last sort of 10 years, it's more than that actually, it's probably closer to 12, of our five side on a Thursday, I've managed to have absolutely nothing to do with the arrangements anymore, whereas it, <laughs> it was all me in the start. And he's taken it all on. And ah. it's just, it was a very sly and cunning thing on my part. But it took years, like glacially slow. He so thinks no one, he's won as well. So that no one really noticed. Um, <laughs> and now I basically do nothing but turn up and then go home, usually limping or, or hobbling, as I did last he, week, actually, as it goes. But anyway. He was, trying, he was trying to recruit me, actually, but that was before he saw me play. <laughs> <laughs> We're invariably short these days because as we get older, um, there's just far too many... Uh, strains and niggles that just take mm-hmm. a bit longer to, to shift. Um, so yeah, okay. So talk about proper football rather than our pathetic attempts at it. The group's been a bit. It, it, it's not. It's not been free flowing. It's not been without its dramas. You know, neither was when we qualified for twenty sixteen. Neither was you know the last World Cup. I mean, this is this is sort of us, isn't it? Hugh, would you say? I mean, I do sometimes wonder whether there's an expectation that we, on some fans maybe, that we should be not steamrolling a group, but kind of just easing to qualification. That's just not that's just not us, and it's not kind of where we're at, are we? Yeah, you do sometimes feel that in the stadium. I think most of the kind of older generation of fans, and I really mean like older than kind of thirty, not you know not not old old, but um, realise that kind of battling for second with the Czech Republic is for many years where we wanted to be and kind of now we want to be slightly better than that. We want to be finishing in that second spot. But um, as we did in the last World Cup qualifying campaign, we've made life more difficult for ourselves, just kind of dropping points in the games that, you know, you've got to win Estonia at home and so on. And we've had some bad luck, like we should have won that game. We should have won more than one nil away from home as well. But um yeah, we're kind of doing not quite enough, and then and then suddenly pulling off the occasional great results, such as um, the Czechs this time, and obviously in twenty sixteen you got um, the Belgium games, both of them. But 
our problem now is never dispatching the smaller sides. You look at a team such as Belgium, for example, and they routinely put six, seven or eight past the tiny teams, whereas we usually it's one at most or problematically now not enough. I mean, we've actually scored as many goals in this group as Estonia because um, yeah. they've somehow put two past every other team in their four games and then played us twice and, and not scored against us either time. So I guess we've kept the mighty Estonia at bay as the answer to that. But ideally, we'd be scoring more goals than them across six games. Yeah, yeah, we've got eight. Belgium scored that in one game against them. Um, <laughs> <There you laughs> yeah, yeah, and I understand the frustration. I thought it was just that thing, isn't it? It's that it, it, those smaller teams that I think we have come to expect to beat, whereas you know for a long, long time they were they were the sort of games that just were, were tricky for us, and it was a bit easier to raise your game for the for the bigger nations and try to kind of maybe drag them down to our level a little bit. And how do you see Page? You know, do you see him using the squad over the course of the two games? Kiefer Moore's suspended for the first one. Bale hasn't played for a long time. You know, Ramsey is, well, never quite sure how fit he is. Can you see him maybe looking to try to rotate the squad a little bit or save players for the second game or what? Well, the main thing is that when Bale's uh, fit enough, Bale plays because he wants to. He, mm. He's kind of really keen to play every single game possible. And I think actually... Ramsey's probably the same to an extent. Once he's in the once he's in the camp, he wants to be playing. So I can certainly see a scenario where um, they suddenly both start against Belarus, which would be a surprise, I suppose. But it, it could happen. I kind of he, he's got so many attacking midfielders at his disposal. Of course, we've very sadly lost one temporarily. I should hope in um, in Di Brooks, who's uh, I don't know if you've covered that already on the because I've not heard your last podcast, but. Um, if not as yeah, diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So at the very least is going to be missing from Wales games for a while. So we've still got, even without him, this abundance of attacking midfield talent because a new one pops up every now and then and suddenly we've got Sorba Thomas deciding that he wants to throw himself into the mix and Brennan Johnson playing really well at championship level. So I kind of wonder if he'll try that kind of rotating front line that he did for a bit. A lot of people didn't like the false nine premise, but then... I suppose you have to ask if Moore isn't playing, and if we're not sure if Bale is playing, who else is taking that front spot who isn't a false nine in this squad? Certainly, there's not anyone who isn't going to look slightly out of place there. I don't mind that. You could have called Paul Mullen up, Leon, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Vokes is in form in League One. He is. Well, yeah. Ben Woodburn scored twice at the weekend, yeah. and. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's getting got a lot of praise for his performance. Um, I don't know. I wonder if with uh, Dylan Dylan uh, Levitt dropping out, if Woodburn might get a call up. I don't know. I don't know what Page is going to do with 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 more suspended against Belarus. You'd think that would mean he'd be keen to to, to start Bale. Whereas perhaps if more hadn't been suspended, he might have thought, well, we'll we'll have Bale on the bench and. And bring him on later, um, but I, so I, I, if, if he decides that you know it's not a good idea to start Bale against Belarus, I'm, I'm not quite sure what he'll do in terms of playing people up top. Would it be um, Dan James and Harry Wilson, who are you know, both kind of quite small, and uh, we lose physical presence then? Yeah, James has kind of been playing up front a bit for Leeds with kind of mixed results. Uh, they've not been a huge fan of that. He's played up in a two with Bale and Moore a fair bit, but yeah, I don't mind him playing through the centre if we remember that he's a full foot shorter than Kiefer Moore, because in that game against the Czechs, before the second half and we improved, we were still hitting long balls up to him. And, you know, he's, he's and then he's got a header, so, you know, I don't want anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark Harrison probably is about the only out and out striker then isn't he really but again in the not 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 in the, the same mold physically speaking but i mean he he for me was the the or his his appearance from the bench in the previous game against belarus was the one was the point at which the game for me turned a little bit mm. um and he just played a little bit more direct but not i don't mean in an aerial sense he was just making runs and trying to get beyond the the center backs as opposed to dropping too deep, which is what Tyler Roberts has done, what Harry Wilson has done. When we've played that false nine, it just gets too cluttered. So I wonder whether you know Mark Harris might uh, be in with a in with a shout. He might because he's he's impressed off the bench. I mean, the other one, of course, that um, Page has tried up front in a game recently is um, Ruben Colwell, who doesn't mm. really have a position yet. 
because he's kind of played number 10. He's played that one game as number nine and a little bit out wide. But um, yeah, it was the game against uh, Belarus, wasn't it, when he started number nine and did better than he had before, but it still didn't really look like his natural game. I can't make my mind up on Cole. I'm kind of simultaneously really excited, but then I watch the Football League highlights or a Football League game and he'll do he'll do like a complete air kick or misplace a five-yard pass and then score an absolute worldie. So I've just got to kind of remind myself that he's a you know teenager and teenagers make mistakes, but it's really confusing watching his highs and lows sometimes and not knowing what he's capable of. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm of, of the of the two, you know, him and him and him and Johnson. John, Johnson's the one I think is, is is really making people sit up. Yeah, we put this on Twitter the other day, didn't we, Leon? That we we all when we did our squad picks, I think we all picked Johnson, didn't we? Yeah, he was he was kind of our wild card pick. Yeah, uh, rather than Colwell, which which is the mm. one that Page went for. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I thought he had a good season last season. And okay, it was League One, but he he was playing regularly for Lincoln, and they got to the playoffs, and he did well in the playoffs, and he was in good form at that time. So I thought he seemed further ahead in the pecking order than Ruben Colwell at that time to me. So he can I can consider himself a little bit unlucky, and then he's gone back to Forest this season, and he's been starting week in week out and um the results have picked up under Steve Cooper they've been they've been playing well recently and he's been getting quite a lot of plaudits so um yeah he's a, he's a, he's a really promising young player I'm I'm quite excited to see how he's going to go in the future yeah he's been really good this season that I mean we say step up from league 1 to the championship but he kind of looked like a championship player in league 1 before whereas I mean every time I see him I'm thinking we've got to find a way to get him starting in this abundance of attacking midfielders cuz He's so direct, like a lot of our players, he's direct, but he's kind of getting more of an end product as well. He, he's usually chopped down before he gets a chance, which is a, a theme of all of our attacking midfielders as we win loads of free kicks and penalties. But he's um, he's got a really good cross and shot on him as well. So if he can kind of get past those scything tackles, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see him start the certainly one of these games. I think he probably had more shots on goal in about half a dozen caps than Tyler Roberts has in all of his caps. <laughs> Which yeah. sounds cruel, but I mean, I, I, at the end of the like you said, I mean, there's got to be some end product. It's all in good being neat and tidy and and, and and all the rest of it outside the box. But, you know, you do just need to, we, should, we don't test the keepers enough, mm. which is testament to Ernest only scoring eight goals, I suppose. I mean, the other, I'm looking at this squad uh, listing, this was the other really wild card um, starting up front in a false nine would be would be Johnny Williams. Who's done it before, of course. That'd be a real wild card, yeah. I mean, Paige does like him. I think um, everybody likes him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's news you if don't you like him. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, but he's, he's quite a nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be a, a hell of a call. I mean, he, he has. He hasn't been afraid to make these calls, Paige. I mean, I'm slightly, this might be a different question now, but I'm a bit more positive on him than some fans, I think. But um, I guess a lot will depend on how the next six months go in that regard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, isn't it, that, that that too many of the options are like very, very similar mm. options, aren't they? It's, I wouldn't have been a completely against someone like Sam Vokes getting a call up, but I, I think, you know, that, that horse has no doubt bolted, but... I really like the idea of a fluid front three and it worked really well for a time until it didn't. But I, I actually think we can work in a system that has, say, a front three of Johnson, James and um, Wilson if they are well instructed as to what to do. And you don't get much training time in international football. That's the problem. Mm. So, yeah, if they're kind of all playing their natural game, then, as you said, it gets a bit cluttered because everyone's trying to do the same thing. But I think there's certainly a way that, um, for example, Wilson... Um, Jonathan James can play in a front line and kind of confuse the opposition defence by who's going where and make it difficult for them to mark. And then you've got those runners from midfield, such as Rams if he's playing or whoever else might be playing to kind of perhaps get into the box with that space. But it has to be really well drilled and we just don't meet up often enough to be able to do that, really. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I don't know what Paige is thinking, but I'm thinking that the 3-5-2 or 5-3-2 that we played against Czech Republic in Prague works really well and I, I always I like that system when Ramsey's available I don't you know I don't know if he's fit enough to start I presuming he is because he was fit enough to start in Prague and he hadn't played for Juventus and he's played I don't know six minutes for Juventus yeah. since we we last had a game but um I always like Ramsey when he's got two defensive midfielders and three centre-backs behind him I just love that it gives him the freedom 
to get forward and to take risks and not have to worry too much about defensive duties, which he can do. He's capable of doing it. I think back to that fantastic tackle against Turkey in the Euros. But I mean, I like it when he has the freedom to not have to do that sort of thing. So then we we've got two spots up front, and then it's it's a bit awkward because you well you're going to play kind of two sort of smaller nippy guys and no sort of target man. And it puts a lot of onus on our, our wing-backs to get forward as well in, in support. Um, although I, I think we have got really good options there. Um, people who are kind of young and uh, full of energy can do a lot of running. Nico Williams apparently impressed for, for uh, Liverpool last time. He played in the uh, Caribou Cup, wasn't it, against Preston yeah, he last week? came on and had to assist in the league as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he seems to be possibly making a little bit more of a breakthrough at Liverpool. Although obviously it's going to be <laughs> really hard for him with Trent Alexander-Arnold ahead of him there. But um, I mean, you know, Conor Roberts has. I still don't think he's played a single minute for Burnley this season. But he looked sharp in that last uh, in that last camp in the, in the last two games. And then Sorba Thomas is an option. There's Reese Norrington Davis and. So I think we've got options there. Um, and I, I yeah. also like Ben Davis as who's back in this squad, which is good. Uh, left left centre-back of the three. And I think he's been playing there for Spurs. I mean, maybe Hugh, you know better. Since Conte's come in, has he played a back three with Davis left of the three centre-backs? He has in what I can't remember um, which of the games, but in two of, in Conte's two games, he's definitely played there once, if not twice. So yeah, I think he might have a future in that. Yeah, I agree that it's it's a good position for him. For because us. Spurs fans, I don't think 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 he really has talking to Spurs fans, listening to Spurs fans on podcasts and stuff. I don't think they they've they've sort of gone a, a little bit cold on Davis. Yeah, certainly he's not as hugely a, popular among the fans. Though. No, certainly as a left back as well, and because Regulion's there and and uh, is a lot more dynamic and and sort of like. So he suffers suffers a bit in comparison to to Regulion, but I think left side of a of a centre back three is is probably his best position is where he's played most of his games for Wales, and maybe if Conte, mm. who I think is someone who who likes to play with three centre backs, um, I mean he might might see him there. I mean he might have a future at Spurs playing in that position. Get the impression Spurs fans are sport for choice of players that they should be. Or could be going on, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, when 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 Jason Campbell came on a few podcasts, we were talking about the the Welsh players there, and he, you know, he that's pretty much what he said. Consistent sort of six and a half, seven out of ten every week. Regalens a, a, a you know is an upgrade, but anyway, I mean, I think Davis had a poor camp for us, a uh, poor couple of games, which he hasn't had many of mm. in the sixty odd caps before that. And I think it sort of earned the right, as it were, to, to have a, a poor couple of games. But I think if he's fit, he comes in and he plays he plays on the left of three, mm. surely. Uh, what you were saying about the, the two holding and three centre-backs behind Ramsey certainly gives him that licence. And in that, I think I think that's why, I think ideally, I think that's why Ampadu then still gets being picked as a centre-back. Because I think he's not quite got the positional discipline to be the the centre back. Sorry, to be the centre midfielder alongside Alan, presumably behind Ramsey. And I think having him as a centre back allows him to step into midfield. And I think he's better sort of stepping into midfield as opposed to being a centre midfield, having to kind of drop back a little bit to you know to cover or to track the runners. Even though I think most people's preference is longer term as a midfielder but I think in that combination in that formation and with allowing Ramsey to get forward I think Page will still keep going with the, the two the two Joes which you know is probably controversial for, for a lot of people is, is the I mean I know you've mentioned this before is there so much feeling towards Morel still now I know that people were questioning why he was picked ahead of Volks once or twice but it wasn't so sustained in my experience I thought it was um, more the kind of wonder as to why Volks was being left out having been originally called up I think I mean certainly my opinion on Morel's changed I think others it may have done as well when he was first playing for Wales I didn't really see much I didn't see enough to suggest that he was gonna kind of make a role there but to be fair 
to him and also to me <laughs> he improved <laughs> you know i don't think i was drastically wrong at the time but he ended up being one of our kind of underrated players at the european championship i mean alex stewart who does uh, tactical videos for tifo when wales played the turkey game he's actually a player that alex picked out he was really impressed by him and that's not the obvious player you take away from that game so um no no yeah he's in front he's got like 20 odd caps now as well which is kind of snuck up out of the blue so i agree that i think the two Joes are kind of pages go to, and it seems likely. I, th- I agree also with what Leon was saying that our, our wing back situation is pretty strong. I mean, Silver Thomas actually played in a position he hasn't really played that much for Huddersfield when he was on the on the left as opposed to the right. He's played a couple of games there for them, but not that much. Mm. And he can play left back, uh, left wing back, right wing back, left wing, right wing. So that's really useful and if we were to play a back five i'd probably rather he play ahead of norrington davis who's not really had the, a great 12 months say but i think we quite like nico at left wing back as well so it, there, there's options there certainly I, I completely agree with leon in that regard i don't know how i got onto that for morel now sorry <laughs> <laughs> no we're, we're, we're big yeah. fans of morel on the whole aren't we leon I, th- I think for a while if you look back and the gigs, the other midfield, notwithstanding Joe Allen, obviously missed several months with his injury, but the other, the holding mid, midfield role tended to, it almost tended to go with whoever had the shirt, as, as it were. Yeah, so that's true. Smith had a couple of games, and then for whatever reason, you know, Morel had the couple of games. Vokes, uh, yeah, had, had a start. And it was almost, well, I'll give him a couple of games each, and then it just seemed to sort of gel with Morel. <laughs> and he's held, held that, that that wasn't meant to right? <laughs> Uh, no, I could hear the sniggers. Gel with Morel. There's, there's a his agent needs to yeah. sort that out. Um, some hair product. <laughs> it just seemed to gel with him, and then he's, you know, it is that old cliche of you know he's the one in possession of the shirt, and he's got to do. We didn't lose a game with him playing for about ten games or something. I can't remember. Was it was the Italy mm-hmm. game? Maybe mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. one we lost with Morel playing. In the I US, wasn't aware of that stuff. It was, it was something like ten games. He was on. The, he was. He wasn't on the losing side, and and you think, well, it's working. Obviously, there seemed to be a mm-hmm. sort of good blend there. We always look better with with two Joes in the defensive midfield. I think, kind of Ledley, then we'll have morale. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, if we got any other Joes coming through that could play in that position, I mean, Roden could step into midfield. I suppose not really his best aspect, but if that's the rule, that's the rule. Two <laughs> yes. Joes midfield at all times. The two, the two, two Joes are always better than two cars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there was a, a sense that you had more stellar choices on paper. Ethan Ampadu with all of the promise. And at Chelsea, mm-hmm. albeit on loan somewhere, usually, you know, Levitt was at Manchester United, you know, Matt Smith at Manchester United. On paper, there looks to be better quality and better promise. Yeah. But Morel is the one actually going out and doing the doing the job. And, you know, he's a very selfless, selfless player. And I think what was interesting going into the last, last camp, my, my brother mentioned this, he said, um, I think it was only Dan James who'd created more chances in this group, the morale, you know, he does offer something a bit, a bit further up the field as well. It was a fantastic well. ball for Tyler Roberts against Estonia at home, which rubbish yeah. should have squared yeah. it to, to, to Johnny Williams and uh, should have been a goal. Uh, it was really good Absolutely. ball. Like. Big fans of, uh, of, of Joe Morrell. And we're not saying that just because his, his mum occasionally listens. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, hi, Mrs. Morrell. Yeah, hi. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> hi, Sean. She's, she's been in touch a, a, couple, a couple of times. <laughs> and, you've told me this after I said that I wasn't impressed when he was first called up. Uh, you've pulled it back. For <laughs> well, actually, I might just use this opportunity just to tell, tell a quick uh, anecdote about that might not have been mentioned on the pod before. Ahead of Euro 2016, we'd been playing Sean McDonald uh, and Cotterill and uh, players quite a lot in the qualifiers. And I kind of wanted to see younger players I rated more highly. And um, about an hour before Wales announced their official squad, I kind of tweeted, in hindsight, very meanly, I'd like to think I'm a less mean-spirited person now, <laughs> for just like, oh, just an hour to go until I'm disappointed that Miss or I'm annoyed that McDonald's in the squad. And then I saw that he'd <laughs> liked the tweet, and I was like, oh, sh-. <laughs> So I kind of, I then posted a picture of myself, like, wincing and apologising, and he was really good about it. He replied and said, um, no problem, but yeah, maybe leave me for a bit now and I was like yeah completely understand like it was really good of him he'd just been cut from a squad ahead of a European championship for god's sake and he took it in very good heart and of course there was a time I accidentally called I 
joke that George Williams was a competition winner on his debut because he looked out of place and then he liked that tweet as well. And I saw that he ended up liking every single tweet that mentioned him on his debut, which I thought was quite sweet because he was only about 18 at the time or 17. But um, I've realised after that that I should probably just stop bad mouthing players. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't do it so much. I, I, I commend your in- increasing <laughs> self-awareness. <laughs> well, well done, well done. Only took only took me thirty five years. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm always. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes you know, we try as as fans, we're just sort of you know, we're mouthing off and, and giving sort of our honest opinions as fans. But I'm I'm aware that I am a fan only, and I I, I know um, nothing really about how football works in a professional capacity. And you know, if I was to you know, <laughs> talking talk about being a competition winner, if I was to win a competition to you know even play it conference level it would it would take seconds before i would be exposed as being completely <laughs> completely out of my oh, depth yeah. so uh, these guys have got a skill you know even when it, uh, people occasionally might sort of say something negative about i've got skill levels like way above anything that i could ever dream of you know oh god yeah my, my joke really was that he we didn't know anything about him when he was called up, but it was still not brilliantly judged <laughs> on my did part. did well on his debut. So I felt from what I remember, he, 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 dribbled, he dribbled past about three Dutch Dutch players. And, he uh, did. He did. George Williams. Uh, yeah, that was actually the bit I was thinking of. I think I was, I was saying something like, let's forget that he's here. Anyway, it was a terrible joke in, in hindsight. But um, you do make a good point, though, because I sometimes I, I want to, or I feel I need to criticise a player because he hasn't been good enough. And then I realised that because I've criticised him before, and that is the chances are because I don't think he's a very good player, it looks like I've kind of got a bit of a, um, an agenda against him. That isn't the case. So like, I kind of try to measure my criticism of Dylan Levitt a bit because I know people probably think I just bang on about him too much. But it's more because I'm surprised he has 10 caps for us when before this season he hadn't showed any um, real kind of reason as to why. But yeah, you, every time I go into that, I feel like, oh... Am I just bullying now? Am I, am I just bullying this man who's 14 years younger than me or whatever? This boy, maybe I should try and step it back a bit. But I've, I've sensed with him that there was a like one of those highlights reel YouTube clips doing the rounds of him showing a lot of neat passing, terrific range on some passing as well. And I sensed a slight change in temperature towards him after that. And I do think, actually, that we... Generally, as fans, I don't mean us individually specifically, but I think generally, as fans, we can be swayed by positivity. We can be swayed by, I don't know, good news, uh, you know, good form in a couple of games, that, you know, that kind of thing, and can almost kind of read a bit much into it. It's that we, we get on the Twitter sometimes, oh, you know, he, you know, he's tearing it up at academy level or tearing up for the under 23s. <laughs> yeah. Mm, okay. It's better than not tearing it up, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure how relevant it is to international football well last season of course he was not getting into a team fighting relegation from the croatian top Mm. tier and i spoke to a charlton journalist who had been who who follows charlton they were saying like he didn't really get close to their first team and didn't impress that high and that was in league one and i didn't really see what it was about but to be fair to him and i've not seen as much of this because i don't follow the division in question but he's apparently been doing very well in scotland this year I say Scotland, like it's kind of, he's playing really well in Kazakhstan at the moment, like this rare, rarefied division I wouldn't have heard of. But um, no, he has apparently been doing really well yeah. at the, under United. And... Who are doing, who are, who are having a decent season, actually? Yeah, yeah. the top half. I mean, Hearts are second, and, you know, Woodburn isn't in the squad. As you said earlier, he scored a, scored a couple of couple of goals, which is which is great. Again, it's better than not being in the news. I think he was man of the match as well. So that's great. I think. For us to consider these players, I think, as contenders for starting games, it's got to be sustained and it's got to be over a period of time. And I, I, I don't think those players are doing that at the moment. And but, but many of them, many of them are still young as well. I mean, that's the other thing mm. that we sometimes forget. I kind of feel that we're one country that kind of picks players almost irrespective of club form. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. I mean, so that's why. So- of us have had our frustrations in the past with us not calling up kind of informed number nine such as Tom Bradshaw ahead of 2016 and uh, we had the, the kind of Deutsch phenomenon a couple of years ago and then we had a little bit of it with Luke Jeffcott last year and obviously sometimes these things can be flashes in the pattern and so you're the right thing by not just following the trend of whoever's informed but then sometimes when they're not called up you kind of wonder well, then why aren't we you know why are we stuck with who we've got so and also about the leveling question which is why I think some people myself included think that Josh Sheehan's been unlucky to only kind of be on the fringes when in terms of talent he's 
clearly a very talented player, but because he's yeah. lowered down, he's kind of not really being seen of it as much, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's unfair. I think, though, that they clearly have people watching players at games, mm. and I don't think it's necessarily something against these players. I think there is a loyalty towards... Well, it's not loyalty, I think. I think it's just a wanting to emphasise a consistency in, in selection. Yeah. Just like what you were saying earlier around... You know, a front three of, say, Johnson, James and Wilson, they're not going to get a huge amount of time in each camp to train, to practice, etc. So actually what they've got to do is almost build up incrementally, camp by camp by camp, the opportunity to test things out. And, it, and you can't do that if you keep chopping and changing the personnel. Yeah, it's a good point. So good point. sometimes it ends up that people end up on the outside looking in and it could be it could be bad luck. It could be because of injury at a crucial point. Someone comes in takes takes their chance, which you could argue Brennan Johnson has done, mm. for example. But, you know, there certainly does seem to be something against, in inverted commas, players like Deutsch, Jeffcott, who haven't had a chance at all. But I think in the question of, of, of Jeffcott, it's not that Page doesn't know about him because Page had him at intermediate level for a while. So, I mean, you know, they will know all about him. Jeffcott, incidentally, wasn't even getting into the starting 11 for the under-20. Yeah, I noticed that. Either. He's so, behind Jack Bale, isn't he? I think we might see a few more calls for Jeffcott next year though because obviously Plymouth are kind of not just riding high but playing really well in League One and he's kind of laying on goals as well as scoring them now whereas I think before he was seen as just a penalty box poacher but the reason that we're often calling for someone like um, Bradshaw and Doidgen before is because they were they were just scoring goals and we didn't have strikers who were doing that and um, so I can certainly see them being some more calls for him next year if we qualify or even ahead of the playoffs perhaps if he hits his club form still I just think there hasn't been a huge amount of opportunity to throw players in you know to come straight from outside of the squad into the squad and into games because there's been a couple of windows now where there hasn't been that third game that friendly game so it's unfortunate but I you know I'd much rather us be complaining about players not getting oh, yeah. a chance because it does suggest that there's there's the talent and rather than us as that used to happen on the old you know, Dragon Soccer message board, people wanting, you know, Mike Flynn to get a cap because he'd had a run of games for Stockport in the <laughs> How old are you? Qu- quite old. Quite, quite, quite old. Jason, Jason Price was in the world, wasn't it? At, um, Jason, Price Jason was at Swansea Price, for a while, wasn't he? But, um, yeah, he never got a call up. But yeah, I, I, I know. The thing is, I mean, it's like we don't play many friendlies. We haven't played many friendlies for a while, which was a really smart policy, actually, because it got us up the, up the rankings and got us to top seeds in the last World Cup qualifiers. And now we've got the Nations League thing, which is taking the place mm-hmm. of a lot of friendlies, which is, I think it's great. I really like the Nations League. We're in with the big boys next time in the Nations League, so it's not like he's going to kind of throw um, a Luke Jeffcott in, I don't think, if we're playing France or Spain. Spain or England in a in a Nations League game is it? So he might have to wait for a little while for a for a chance. I think, but yeah, it's it's a good thing to have people have to show consistent form. I agree. To get into the squad, yeah. The only thing I was going to say, actually, cause you're right, is that uh, you're right, Russ and um, Leo, Russ. What you were saying about um, that consistency to get in it actually shows how impressive Sorba Thomas must have been to impress them and go straight into getting a sub appearance. And you know, these games mattered, but a sub appearance on his first call up and then starting the next one and I know people may well say well you know the opposition was Estonia when he was starting that game but he was thrown on against the Czechs and and started as I said the next one and he hadn't been in a single kind of you know training camp or underage thing or anything before that and went straight in and impressed so that kind of shows how highly they must think of him and justifiably I think because he's a very good player and also just rivaling Johnny Williams for the most popular loveliest player <laughs> in the squad <laughs> there's also the subjective thing of I'm pretty sure he was the championship player of the month for, for August um, yeah. so like you know he at that time he was the best player in the in the second tier of English football so that sort of he had going for him as well I think he, he wants to steady on, though, doesn't he? I think he can make himself unpopular by becoming more popular than Johnny Williams. <laughs> yeah, I think there is, a, there's a, there is a sort of glass ceiling that I think he needs to recognise. I think the other one as well is if he if he carries on in this vein, he's going to be pipping Kiefer Moore for the Ballon d'Or as well. And again, Sorba's got to recognise where he is in that pecking order, really. The, the enthusiasm with which he was canvassing for that call-up and stuff was, was, was brilliant. Did you see the FIFA video, the, the the game around the FIFA video game? Sorry, the video around the FIFA game. I didn't say video game. I'm not 94. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, 
you'll often see players holding up their kind of FIFA cards, just again, for anyone here who is as old as I am, uh, about kind of saying what they're, you know, pace 73, shooting 42, that kind of thing. And a lot of the times they use it as a kind of a fun video for what you're saying, I'm much faster than that. Or they usually hold it up as a kind of, I've been player of the month, look, here I am on FIFA, buy the game, whatever. But um, when, I think it was when he was named player of the month, but maybe soon after, um yeah, he's, he's held up his and it had an English flag on it and he kind of got a little kind of well sticky and put a well sticky over it. And then shortly after that, he got his first call up. So yeah. that was kind of the first sign. It was, it was great. And then obviously the wonderful interviews he gave and his adulation for Aaron Ramsey is quite sweet. And he can play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. But it's interesting what you said, isn't it? We played him on the left, whereas when Matt joined us from the He Takes That Chance podcast, he was saying actually he's playing more on the right and he will cut in. Mm. And then actually his defensive responsibilities you know they are compensated or lack of are compensated by by another selection in the Huddersfield team and how they play this lopsided so it's really really good insight because yeah. I saw people talking about how you know they wanted him at left back you know for the checks and you're thinking whoa steady on that's not actually his position doing a job there is one thing that's not his game and that's not where he's playing so, yeah it'd be interesting to see but Agreed, of course yeah he's not he's not going to get games on the right because that tends to be where Bale tends to start or Nico Williams is going to be bombing up and down O'Connor Roberts. So it's going to be interesting where he fits in. I think Paige likes him as a wing-back, but as you say, we're quite well stopped there as well. The other thing is that um, he's just got the most fantastic set-piece delivery from out wide. And the mm. problem is, if you put him on free-kick centrally, then he's behind Bale and Wilson. It's always difficult to kind of put elbow your way through that group. But um, his kind of crosses from wide free-kicks and from corners are just... Um, Sometimes it's kind of borderline unstoppable. So it's not a reason to pick someone. But if we pick him, I really want him over those set pieces. And that was the frustration with those last two why. games. Is, listening to this. Yeah, well, that's the last... Well, you don't know that. The last window, <laughs> we didn't see enough of that delivery. Mm. He was working hard. It was neat. But it was more sort of one, two touch, little triangles. Whereas get him into some space yeah. to absolutely whip it in. We, we, we didn't really fashion that. And I think actually, if you think about the goals we have scored... Aerially, they do tend to be getting to the byline, pinging it back, or it's Bale doing that thing where he nudges it, and you all know it's coming, and he does that nudge, and 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 the defender buys it and still can't do anything, uh, and then he kind of whips it. In. <laughs> Some crosses from deep would be would be good. I think the original question, Russ, was how do you see Page lining up for these games? <laughs> <laughs> and I've just realised that since then, myself led by myself, we've discussed every single player in the squad. <laughs> And actually, nobody ever really picks it because he. There's always a little, little kind of joker that he plays, isn't it? As 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 yeah. gigs used to do. What do we know? I mean, can I press you for for predictions, Leon? Just, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you. I was going to copy you. Uh, we should beat Belarus at home. We should beat Belarus. They've they've they're not a great side. I would say we'll, we'll beat Belarus two nil, and then Belgium. I mean, it's a it's a tough it's a it's a, really, it's a tough one to call because I I do think what would be the point of Martinez risking all his big guns, um, but they've just got so much depth and it, it could sort of go against us because there'll be people pushing for a, a place in the World Cup squad. A uh, draw kind of is fine for both of us, and it, a lot of times when a draw kind of suits both teams, that's what happens. So I'll say one one in the Belgium game, and we will pick the Czechs to second place, which will be hopefully a, an easier playoff. It should be an easier, an easier playoff, at least at home, isn't it? Um, so I think I think it's a, it's, mm. it's something worth striving for is the second spot in the group because if you look at the teams you, you could go away to if you are seeded second, sort of thing, as it were, then it's uh, it's a lot tougher. So I think we'll just about do it. I hope so. A, a win and a draw. And given our results against the Czechs in this group, and the Czechs are the decent Euros, that that almost is the natural order. I think that's the frustration, isn't it? Is we've, we've dropped points against some of the others that we, sh- you know, we should. That, that's the frustration. But actually, when you break it down, if Ward doesn't have that mad couple of seconds out in Prague, that for me is the moment that on 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 which the the placings as they are now. Who knows how they're going to finish? The placings as they are now pivot. So as disappointing as a couple of the performances oh, have I been, I don't agree with that. You know, if if that if that if that doesn't go in, we were we were playing well, we were in control. We've dropped points against our main rivals. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't excuse the it doesn't excuse the you know the the, the the poor performance at home to to Estonia, but I think actually in the context of the group, that for me is the pivotal the pivotal moment. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that because although it was a huge moment, I mean, the pass that. 
I think it was Ramsey absolutely drilled back toward. It was obviously terrible goalkeeping and it kind of changed the momentum of that game. But we even at the end of that game, we looked like we could and should have won it. So I don't know if that moment changed it so much. It, the Estonia game is the big one for me because it also reminds me too much of the um, the last qualifying campaign for Russia 2018 when we've drawn at home to um, Georgia. I was going to say Moldova, and we beat Moldova in the mm. first game. Uh, yeah, to Georgia. And um, that meant that we ended up having to win every game of our last four. And we kind of just about kept doing it, kind of a 1-0 win with with a new goal scorer here. You know, Woodburn arrives and then Wilson arrives or other way around. And we kind of kept having to put it out of the bag until we were we had no, no more rabbits in the hat against Ireland. And it, if that's why the Estonia game feels a little bit more like that to me. We kind of got lucky in the away game against Belarus. Not got, not got lucky, that's not entirely fair, but I mean, we certainly got away with one and we were helped by some not great goalkeeping and then we followed up with the Estonia draw. So that's what... But only really in that Belarus game had a mad sort of 15, 16, 17 minutes. For the rest of it, we were more or less... You know, comfortable, or and and to begin with, you know, absolute control. That I think. Yeah. Um, so on that basis, I think we really shouldn't have anything to fear from the from from, from at home. Oh no, I agree with that. I, I agree with. You know, Ramsey showed this last time. He hasn't got two nineties in him. So which of those games do we need him for ninety? And it's probably the latter. The question is, do we start and try to get two nil up and then take him and or bail off against Belarus? I I, I fear that if we're if we get dragged into a bit of an arm wrestle again and it's nil-nil on 65 minutes and we haven't started them, you're bringing them on to chase again. It bothers it bothers, that bothers me a little bit. Um, he hasn't got 290s in him. I, I cannot see him having 290. And I, I, I don't think Bale would either, given how little he's played. But, you know, Ramsey's demonstrated that without... How many, how many minutes did you say he's played, Leon? It's like, it's like half a dozen or something. It's something like six, six minutes for Juventus. And, and, that, and that for me then is, this, is, is the question of how... How Page is looking to manage the, the the squad, not manage the squad, but manage those two players in particular. What you could do is, I think it might be if he's fit, obviously, an idea to kind of, as you said, start Rams in that game and have an agreement that he comes off at half time regardless. And even if it's a nil nil, then he can come off for bail if necessary. Yeah. But the idea I would like to see him have. Generally, I agree with you. I'm always saying like, don't play them. It's pointless. Why would you do that? But I think he might need a little bit of match sharpness. And so I wouldn't mind him getting kind of half an hour or something like that. In terms of um, what Leon was saying, I, I kind of agree with him completely in terms of predictions. I agree with him completely on uh, the um, Belarus game. I mean, like I rarely predict anything confident, but I think it's going to be a kind of irritating, scrappy 1-0 or 2-0. It will be 0-0 at half time. Um kind of an on-running joke for me an on-running inside joke that's tragic isn't it i just regularly make money on wales games being nil nil at half time because <laughs> um our games are so often dire to kind of not not a dire that's not fair but it, they're just so often tight the whole way through and i can imagine us still drawing with belarus after an hour but i think we'll get there the interesting thing about the belgium game is leon says like uh oh, you know are they going to want to play full strength team but it's difficult. Within, it's different with international football because they've got nothing to rest them for. As far as Martinez is concerned, although he's a very considerate manager, as I understand it, there's no reason for him not to play the best team he could in both games. They haven't got anything coming up after that. They'll just put out the best team they can. You're right that the players might not be as totally motivated, but there's no reason for them not to go for it because they'll beat Estonia and they'll already qualify. And as you were saying about the second string, Leon, I agree completely. I'm actually kind of more worried about Leandro Trossard than Nathan Hazard because... Hazard we know has been on and off it and not playing much whereas you've got kind of players in the reserves such as Trossard who just look so good and they're kind of the players that would be one of our best players straight away with no disrespect to us and that's their second string so that kind of worries me a touch I I think I, I do agree that it could be a bit of a drifting game see what happens but maybe Roberto Martinez is distracted by the rumours of the Villa job you know maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what he's more interested in he's not going to be focusing on it because we think about what job he wants to take in the Premier League that'd be good well what are your predictions Russ? I was hoping you'd forget they hadn't said anything uh, I might be controversial and say they will lose to Belgium then but oh, be, that's that's fine because I didn't actually make a call so I'll 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 say lose as well <laughs> just to get, oh, just, well, to, back, just to back you up Russ it'll be, it'll be two draws and just, <laughs> no. <sighs> we, we can take the game to them um, but I think um, I think they might have a bit a bit much for us, and I just fear that one of the, I think you know we need Bale and Ramsey tip top, and I just don't think they're I just don't think their 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 fitness is is there, and I think that's that's the worry. And the you know we keep talking about young promising players. There's actually a lot of caps in the likes of Wilson and James 
and I I I just fear that they they did not they're not quite stepping up often enough and to to a sufficient enough level to take games, which is why I think actually I'd say, well, look, give um, I'd put Tyler Roberts in that bracket as well. I'd give Brennan a go and say you got you got you know all all, all things being equal, um, you've got two games to start and and go and show what you can do. A lot of these other players have had a have had a chance, haven't completely fluffed their lines, but I think there's a vacancy there for one of the youngsters to really. Dan James probably has, to be fair. Um, you know, but Ravi Matondo's had games and is flattered to deceive us. You know, we, we have a lot of these players, I get, grant you. David Brooks, I would, would probably exclude from this because injuries have really affected him, you know, let alone illness, of course. Too many of the youngsters aren't, aren't taking games by the scruff of the neck, I don't think. And we can't keep relying on Bale and Ramsey for, for forever and a day. I mean, they've only got a few years left in them. And that's and that's my worry. The only other thing I was, things I want to add is that... Um... And this is a theory, and theories can go badly. But the Belgium squad is seriously technically talented, but it's not a blisteringly fast squad. They, essentially, if you try to defend for 90 minutes and go on the break, as Wales have often done, then yeah, you might score on the break. But I don't think we're good enough to defend against Belgium for 85 minutes and keep a clean sheet. And that's not really an indictment on us. You're talking an indictment of us. You're talking about some of the best attackers in the world against kind of a mixture of Premier League, uh, Premier League and Championship defenders. I mean, actually, someone wrote about this with regards to Solskjaer's Manchester United as well. If you're not set, set up, if you don't have a good defence and you have a good attack, it doesn't make sense to sit deep if you're not organised for it and hope to get something on the attack. So in a way, I kind of hope we'd not go balls to the wall, but actually do try and go on the front foot to Belgium and surprise them. Because if they do counter us, then kind of fair play to it. But I think they're more dangerous, unlike a lot of teams, if they sit in against us and just attack after attack after attack, than if they break. So that's so I kind of like to see us, at least for the first half, see how that goes. It's such a bold thing to say that it's not going to happen, because especially if we go there needing a point... Nobody goes right. Let's go turn up against Belgium and then work it out. <laughs> That's not really how it works. But we took the, we took the game to them in Bel- in Belgium, didn't we? Um, yeah, scored a trick and scored a header. Yeah, yeah, and then sort of and we sat were, back a bit. Although they were far better than us and deserved the win, we were a little unfortunate as well because they scored a fantastic first goal for the second one Connor Roberts slipped the third was I think a bit of defensive error but the game was gone by then so like and that's the thing that they will punish you but then they're going to punish you more if you spend most of the game defending Mm. the only other thing I was going to mention was it the likeliest scenario is that we have an away playoff and as you say the quality of the team could be interesting it feels to me like there's two options we either face someone narratively at least someone unbelievable because there's going to be switzerland or italy in there there's going to be portugal or serbia in there we're going to face a very strong team or we're going to face scotland or hampton because they're likely to be seeded if they qualify and that would be a fantastic draw for us because I really like Scotland. I hope they qualify. And actually, I'd be gutted if it came down to one or other of us because it would mean that I'd have to hope they didn't go. But I'd back us to win that more than I would to win in Portugal. And that would be a hell of a playoff. Oh, it'd be, it would be pretty tasty. Mm. I mean, the history of Wales versus Scotland to qualify for World Cups as well. I mean, um, we're due one. Um have we played them before? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I mean, maybe it's a third-time lucky situation because of Joe Jordan, 1977, dodgy penalty in 85. They get through to two yeah. World Cups that they shouldn't have been at, really. Um, and, yeah, so we own them one, so I'd love, I'd love to get Scotland. Love to get Scotland. Sound a bit Kevin Keegan there, aren't I? <laughs> It's in the stars. It's going to happen. Given they never get past the first round, is there any point really going in the first place? So they may as well just. Oh, don't be mean to Scotland. Step, Do have, I've already step aside. <laughs> I've already. Decided, I used to like the Irish, and I can't like the Irish anymore. Let's be nice to the Scots at least until we have to play them. <laughs> okay, well, you're, you're the guest, so we'll, we'll, we'll let you. We'll let you off then on this uh, this occasion. Anything else you want to <laughs> say or raise? You made a point, Hugh, of, um, of uh, mentioning uh, David Brooks. Obviously, wish him the best in his recovery. Also, Dan Barden, the under twenty-one yes. keeper from Norwich on loan at Livingston, I think it is, isn't it? Um, who also, I think, it was like two sort of cancer diagnoses in a week, which was uh, remarkable, really, in some respects. But um, all, all the best to both of them. Uh, I can imagine there being some sort of effort made during this window of some description to help communicate uh, fans' uh, wishes, well wishes to, to to both of those. Yeah, just to add to that, just yeah. Best uh, best wishes to both of them. Yeah, echo those thoughts completely, and thanks for um, bringing up Dan Barden because I that had slipped my mind. And yeah, it's just taking account to be diagnosed with. I don't, I don't know how um, seriously uh, diagnosed was, but best of luck to him. And I know that the David Brooks um, 
news has been received so well by the football family in terms of how people have come back. So it's a really wanky thing to say football mm. family, but I know that he'll have been cheered by that. So best of luck to both of them. Yeah, Daniel Budden, I think um, I think it was caught uh, a diagnosis early testicular cancer. So get him checked, lads. Um, yes, check yourself. And yeah, it's, again, seemed a very notwithstanding the overall message, it did seem a, a quite a sort of like a positive uh, noises that he was making about you know the diagnosis, treatment, etc. So yeah, yeah, all being well, that'll that'll see through to a to a positive outcome for the two of them. Uh, well, enjoy the game, uh, both of you. You're going to find somewhere to catch it. I know you usually do, Leon, don't you? Yeah, local Irish pub, or uh, I just have to, you know, make sure I buy Black I man. buy buy enough Guinness to uh, make it <laughs> worth it for them to put it on, which I usually manage. To be fair, so. exactly. Yeah, you make it sound like a chore. <laughs> Go on and. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I might be at home watching <laughs> Dazen, which is fantastic for watching Wales games. Actually, it's yeah. Dazone. Uh, I found out recently. Apparently, it's meant to be pronounced Dazone, and that's not a joke. That's why it's called Dazone. 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 Like it's owned by fifteen-year-olds in nineteen ninety-three. Okay. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I can watch Wales games. Uh, so, I mean, what does what does the kind of the commentary and the pundit team for that? look like or is it just a broadcast feed oh um it really depends yeah sometimes it can be it's just one guy in english or one guy in german i don't know where it comes from (laughs) (laughs) um and i don't know if it's going to be in english or german until i'm watching and it's quite interesting sometimes to get the sort of german perspective on wales games it's quite interesting i mean i remember a nation's league game watching i don't know where johnny williams was at the time but um he was having a really good game it might have been a bulgaria game when he scored and the commentator said something like um i really like this player and i i i can't believe he's playing at such a low level you know so it's not just wales that loves johnny johnny est (laughs) oh I love when that kind of stuff happens when you when you see him kind of going like about a player just like they really seem to like this Chris Gunter player and you know we think he's quite good over here in Slovenia or something. It's great when you hear. Yeah, that. is he still huge in China? Do you remember when we went to the China Cup and like? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it was like Gunter Mania. They came up for <laughs> Gunter Mania. Came up for Gunter rather than Gunter. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Guntermania, that's, that's what it was. No, only the phrase, only the phrase Guntermania. I, I remember the uh, the keenness well, just the phrase Guntermania is something that um, is going to amuse me. There's, 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 a, there's a t-shirt in that, I think. Anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> it's nice to have you back, uh, Hugh. We won't leave you so long till next time. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, yeah. Be, thanks for coming back, uh, having me back, rather. And um, it's been great to do it again, speak to you both. I'll hopefully see you again soon, speak to you again soon. Yeah.